Well, good morning, BCC. It's great to share with you again this morning. And we're going to continue our Rebuild series. And I've been so pleased about how many of you have been engaging with the devotion. Keep going with the devotion because these messages are designed to take the devotion messages deeper. So you'll hear some familiar things and then I'm going to unpick it and deepen it so that you'll get even more out of the Rebuild devotion. I'm basically going to speak to you today about Nehemiah chapter 3. And actually my message today is something that is a reminder. It's something that you already know. Here's the message in one sentence. It takes everyone to rebuild. If you're on Twitter, just tweet that right now. It takes everyone to rebuild. You know, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20, Nehemiah states his intention. He says, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. And I want, in some ways, for you to have that determination, that, that sense of grit that says, we, his servants, we are going to start rebuilding. Now, I know that we're in a difficult and dark season. We're even more locked down than what we were previously. And you might say to yourself, well, what can I do? Well, through today's message, I'm going to be giving you some practical things, a way that you can fill in a gap so that you can be part of the rebuilding process. So chapter three is basically a long list Let's go through some of the principles we can find in that list. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I posted on Facebook about how it was, it was kind of a, an annoyed post about uh, the, the things that had happened on that Sunday morning. And uh, we're so glad that we fixed our internet things, but I'd fallen off my bicycle. And funny enough... Uh, it reminded me of a couple of years before where on, in the same canal towpath I fell off my bicycle and gradually through the day that on that previous occasion my arm became completely immobile so much so that I had to go to A&E and uh, at A&E I had an x-ray and the x-ray showed that there was the slightest I mean really the smallest bone in my elbow elbow was broken and I was thinking to myself how can something so small cause so much pain and how could something so small render my arm so uh, immobile and not able to be used uh, some of the conclusions of this story are please don't let Pastor Mark on a bicycle again but you might feel that you are small and insignificant and that you're not really part of the church. But there's something that's often misunderstood about the teaching of the body ministry of the church. For years, we've taught it that uh, everybody needs to be involved because that's fair. Uh, everybody needs to be uh, involved because that makes everybody equal and gives everybody equal value, all of which is true. But I want to take this teaching a little bit deeper. Everybody needs to be involved because the church is designed in such a manner that unless everybody's involved, it does not function properly. If you think about that thought, that is a bigger and serious 
thought completely than just, hey, being involved because it's nice. Actually, let me turn it around the other way. Your lack of involvement means that we all don't get to operate the way that we were designed to. Let me read to you something from Scripture. Now, follow along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. Now, listen to this. Look at what the Scripture actually says. But in fact, it's a fact what is about to say next. But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, not missing anyone out, just as he wanted them to be. Now, break this truth apart stronger. In fact, God has placed you in the body just as he wanted you to be. So if you don't function, the body doesn't function. Even the smallest part of the body, even the smallest member of the church not functioning properly, can be a hindrance to the whole body. Now, I don't want to say that in a heavy, uh, pressurized way. What I do want to say to you, though, look, the truth of today is it's going to take everyone to rebuild. And that's the message of Nehemiah chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 3, there are 31 separate individuals, 23 groupings of people who build the wall. Priests, rulers, goldsmiths, people from outside the city, people from inside the city. Everybody is involved. In fact, myself and my PA Kim, we've actually listed them out in my notes. I'm going to read them to you. Eliashib, the high priest, Eliashib's fellow, low priests, the men of Jericho, Zakor, sons of Hassaniah, Merimoth, Zadok, the men of Tekoa, Jehoiada, Meshulam, the men of Gideon, the men of Mizpah, Malathiah, uh, Jadon, Uzzerel, Hananiah, Raphaniah, uh, Jedaniah, Hatush, Makajai, Hashub, Shulam, Shulam's daughters, Hanun, the residents of Zeniah, uh, Malkajiah, Shalon, Nehemiah, the Levites under Rehon, son of Benui, Habishiah, the Levites under Benui, Ezra, uh, Ezar, Barak, uh, Merimoth, the priest from the surrounding region of Benjamin, Hashub, Azariah, Benui, Palal, Pedaniah, the temple servants living on the hill of Ophniel, the priests, Zadok, son of Imma, uh, Shamaniah, Hananiah, Hanun, Neshalom, Malkajah, goldsmiths and merchants. Now, if you want to check my pronunciation of those uh, names, please email in and uh, we'll answer you. But listen, the clear truth is this. The truth is it takes everyone to build and there is both reason and need for everyone to build. You're saying to me, Pastor Mark, why did you read all those names? Because of this. God knew their name. He knew what they did. And God knows your name. And he values what you do. God knows your name. He knows your place. He wants you to be part of our great rebuilding project to rebuild our church, to rebuild our society, to bring back everything that we might have lost in this season. 
You see, during lockdown, your active involvement in church, of course, it might not have been quite the same. Of course, you've been logging on, you've been, uh, you've been connecting as you can, but can you please, right now, get the mentality and that can you decide that when the time comes, you're going to step forward and say, I am ready to be a part of things. Can you decide now that you are needed in the body and your time will come for when things kick into gear again? In fact, I'm going to share with you some things you can do now. There are some lessons that we can learn from this, uh, re- this chapter as far as rebuilding is concerned. If you look in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says that Nehemiah starts his record of the building at the sheep gate. The sheep gate was where uh, the sacrificial animals came in to go to the temple. It was right near the temple. And we should always remember that all of our work is based on the fact that there was a sacrifice for us, that Christ died for us, that we're not just rebuilding a club or an entity or something that we all like to do, that actually we are building something when we talk about the church that's based on the fact that I've been bought with a price, you've been bought with a price, and then we could never pay that debt. Christ died for us but let's remember that the reason why we do all that we do is because Jesus died for us and he saved us and if you're watching this right now and you're thinking I wonder why the church is so enthusiastic it's because Christ died for me forgave my sins changed me turned me around and gave me a new life and you can have that life also Nehemiah records that the work begins at the sheep gate because all of our work begins with the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. And that's why we do what we do and we owe him our very lives. Nehemiah records that priests got involved with the work. They weren't too holy to uh, get involved and no one should say oh my ministry is very special I can't do all what the church is asking me to do no come on let's all join in together nobody's too holy or too separate to be involved many of them built uh, the wall around their homes in fact, you can read that in verse 23 and verse 25, that, that the people there, they built around their own homes. And during this time, what God has done, and one of the precious things about lockdown is, is that God has reestablished your home as a worship center. And over this next period, I want you, as we come through this season, we look to the season beyond, don't lose that sense that your home is a worship center. In fact... I don't know what habits have been established in your home right now and whether or not you are logging on together as a family, but can I encourage you, and even with your teenagers, at least once a month with the teenagers, that you gather as a family, you worship as a family. Make sure that you are uh, engaging your children with Ellie's children's work that runs straight after this service. And actually, you look at Jordan's devotions that he's doing for the youth work that runs straight after our service. Come on, let's make our homes those places of worship that they are designed to be. 
One of the other things that we can learn from this chapter is that others had a wider remit that they built beyond their homes and your wider ministry will come. You're going to be able to volunteer beyond your home. In fact, in lockdown, we have become quite home-centric, but the day is coming when your ministry is going to go wider than your home, but it's built on the solid basis of your home. It's really important And one of the strong messages of this chapter, and I've brought it out in the devotion of this chapter, is that we have taught for years and years for you to discover your gifts and then you can walk in your ministry. And of course, that is the primary way you walk into your ministry. But this season demands something stronger from us. In this chapter, you can see at verse 8 that there were goldsmiths and perfumers that helped to build the wall. That was not their gift. That was uh, a perfume maker deals with plants and and, uh, mortar and pestle and and grinds things up quite finely. A a jeweler sets stones. You can imagine when the jeweler's setting the, the bricks in the wall, how accurate he's trying to be. It wasn't his gift or her gift. But what they did was, is they served according to the need. And what I want to say to you, BCC, is it's time for us to serve according to the need that's before us, not just our gifts. You might be called on to step into a gap that we don't have enough staff to do one thing or another come on, step in. If you're not very good at praying, come and sign up for the prayer team, for the intercession team, so that you can pray us through this season. Don't just serve according to your gifts or your preferences, but now it's time. Let's serve according to the need that's before us. Some of the people uh, around this building project weren't used to being told how to uh, operate because, because different skill sets came into play. It's like this time uh, that we're in right now. I don't know about cameras and computers and some of the things that we've had to upskill on. But Pastor Nick is far in advance with me over that. And he's had to become the supervisor. Paula and Luca and, and some of the other camera people have, have got far more skill than I've, than I've got. And I've had to serve them in their ministry and take direction from them. That's what happened in this in this uh, building project. If you look in verse 5, that some of the nobles of Tekoa didn't get involved because there were new supervisors in their lives. I wonder if you can hear a new voice of direction because this season has thrown up different people who who know what to do. I wonder if you've got a humble enough heart to hear a fresh voice, a new authority to direct you and help you during this time. There are times when we have to learn to follow fresh voices. I just wonder what what fresh voices God wants to place in your life. 
Shalom, one of the builders, if you look in verse 12, he enlisted the help of his daughters. And we should always remember that the work of God involves men and women. And we'll never get to the place in BCC when we don't release women and boys and girls into leadership because it takes everybody to involve to be involved. Let me kind of wrap up this message by just honing in on one key truth of how we build together, and it's the attitude of how we do it. Have a look at Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 20. Please turn with me there. It, it's a, it picks out a particular person. It's a really interesting way that this happens. Having, having listed everybody and all the different activities of what they're doing, it says this, next to him, in verse 20, Baruch, son of Zabai, zealously repaired the other section from the angle of the entrance of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. That actually this man was picked out for his attitude. The attitude in which the work is done can make the difference to all the work around everyone. Let me say that again. The attitude and way the work is done can make all the difference to the work, to everyone around you doing the work. It's really important that we now say to ourselves, God, would you give me the right attitude? Would you give me the, the zeal to be able to do what you're asking me to do? It's really important right now is that we come together, begin to rebuild and have the attitude that's infectious, that's enthusiastic. In this time of lockdown, it's been quite dark and it's quite depressive. What I wonder if you could be the sunshine person. I don't mean shallow, but the person who's full of faith and full of grace, full of encouragement. Somebody who could uh, be texting people, be encouraging people, be sending prayers to people, to be sending cards to people, be writing letters to people, but being the attitude person that says, hey, I was just thinking about you today. This man, Baruch, he was probably singing as he was building the wall. People were looking around and saying, look at the energy that, he, that he's uh, used. Uh, he, he could be the one who his attitude just spilled over to others. I wonder if you can be that person as we rebuilt. In fact, Romans 12 verse 11 says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual further serving the Lord. Simple message today. This wall was rebuilt by a mixture of all types of people with different gifts, different statuses, different seasons of life, different genders. It was a mixture. It took on the groundwork. It took people who could plan. It took people who could lead. But everybody coming together as an interplay of people and gifts. And that's what happens as we build church that's what happens in normal seasons. But let me say to you, that is what's going to need to happen as we rebuild and build coming out of this season. You see, rebuilding takes individuals who take their responsibility for the group. That An individual says, there's a gap in the wall here, I'm going to fill it. Not... There's a gap in the wall here, and I'm, uh, who, who, who's going to do that? 
No, it's the individual that says, I see the gap, let me fill it. I wonder if BCC, there's a person where you think that they are missing. Can you text them right now? Could you write somebody a card? You see, some of the things you can do in lockdown is this connected reaching out. In fact, as I've been saying every week, right now, why don't you text two or three people and just encourage them? And it's really important right now that you say, hey, I'm praying for you. Even those people at work who don't come to church, just send them a a note, send them a text, send them a Facebook message, say, my prayers are with you. It will be appreciated. You'll fill a gap in the wall. As we rebuild our church and as we come out of this season I know please hear me I know that we're right in the middle of this season I'm not dismissing the darkness but as we come through this season we have to remove any sense of reproach over the church let me tell you what I mean as this season comes to a close All the football matches will start up again. The theatres will fill again. The pubs will fill again. It would be a reproach if the church doesn't fill again. It would be something that the people around us say, well, they couldn't have been that bothered about the church because, you know, they're not really refilling again. Football will fill. Theatres will fill. Pubs will fill. Will the church fill? I believe it will. I want to call you back to being a complete rebuild church. By rebuilding together, you yourself will be protected. Hey, we've heard an opposite message over the last few months. We've heard, stay away from other people because that will protect you. Actually, spiritually, I want to reverse that message. Obviously, we need to obey every uh, lockdown rule, and, and I'm not saying it in the physical sense. But actually, in the church, it's as you connect and reach out to others, that builds a shield of spiritual protection around you. So even though you can't physically get together, and I'm not suggesting you should, and what I'm saying to you, as you spiritually reach out to people, your own protection becomes stronger. Because unity and togetherness is the protective shield and the message that God has for us. Well, BCC, it's fantastic to be with you today. And as we build together, in fact, the word repair in the Hebrew and in this chapter means strong and firm. So it wasn't just a a cobbled together job or a job where we just throw things together and hope it works. No, as we take our individual responsibility to be church, we will make things strong and firm because we're not building something just for this next year. We are building a ministry and a church that will bless the generations. One of the things about BCC is that it's a multi-generational church. Let's make sure that we rebuild something that our grandchildren and their children can enjoy. So I'm calling you to a simple message. I started with this sentence, and so let me close with this sentence. It takes everyone to rebuild. So give yourself 
to filling in any gap that you can see and reach out to somebody this week and encourage them with your prayers and your spirituality. God bless you. Let's rebuild together.